0: Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Merge. I'm Dave Touchton.
1: And I'm Susan Touchton.
0: Okay, it's going to be a little different. It may only play in one ear this morning due to the fact we can only get one mic to work. So I don't know if this is in stereo or not. Hopefully it's in your right ear, not your left ear. I don't know why. It just sounded like something to say. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, okay. Uh, we are starting the day out. We've got our 30th anniversary next Tuesday and, um, so we're we're getting ready to enjoy some time together, and you know we were we, we've had turmoil in our life. It seems like for the last ten years we've had turmoil of one thing or another, or this crisis, that crisis, and and the the current one. Um, our, our vehicle we drive until two hundred thousand, then we try to get another used one, and uh, you know. My question for you, do you care when your spouse is having trouble, struggling with their mind, not yours, do you want to help or do you just want to torpedo them and go on? Um, Because it's our conversation, we did a podcast this morning, not really, we stood in the kitchen and did a really good (laughs) podcast that if you could have heard it, it was pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, but the question is, you know, uh, this time, a lot of times it's me, but this time it was Susan spinning. Um, and you know, on on one hand, I, if you don't ask the question, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And my question was, okay, how do I help you during this? It happens. I do it. You do it. For me, the eight-minute rule of just let me vent for eight minutes usually helps me calm down, um, but that doesn't always work for her because she's built differently. So the the conversation this morning was, okay, when this happens, how do I? How do I deal with it? Because my thing is, if I shut down, don't talk long enough, eventually it'll go away, which I know is not a good merge principle, but that's why I ask a question. So um, as we're as you're listening to us through this conversation, do you care enough how to help your spouse out of what's in their head? And I, I think it's kind of one of those things in the past I really didn't care. But like this morning, it's like I don't know what to say in these situations. I just shut down because it's always worked before, which creates other problems. Anyway,
1: well, and I think you know through this process of difficulties, and it and it's really minimal in the whole scheme of things. So we went uh, thing on I think Tuesday, thinking we were gonna buy a vehicle. Uh, actually, Monday. Thinking we were going to buy a vehicle. Um, The ones that we drove we didn't like. It didn't work out. The color wasn't right. Whatever the case may be. Um, But I had in my mind. Today's the day we're going to buy a vehicle. And it didn't work out. So I was disappointed. I was frustrated. I was looking at other options. Other vehicles. You know. And in my mind. I'm just looking at uh, different options. Um, But. That's apparently not how I came across. So not going into all those details, but what I've learned kind of through this process and through us talking it through is, um, when it comes down to it, I'm a spoiled brat and I want what I want when I want it. Um, and you know, I've been praying about that and only God can change me. David can't change that quality in me. Um, But God can, and so it's just, you know, asking the questions to God, why, why do I react this way? Why do I throw a fit? Why do I make things more difficult? Why do I make things more difficult for David? And none of it is intentional, and none of it at the time seemed like I was trying to make more difficult. In my mind, I was looking for other options. Choice A didn't work out, so let's find choice B. When... You know, and like I told David this morning, I think part of the resolution would be, I just need a calming, reassuring, it's going to be okay. We don't have to make a decision right now. Um, Kind of hug me and tell me that, you know, let's stay focused. Let's keep our goal in mind. Um, because I get very caught up in the moment and I get very caught up in wanting what I want. I am not a good waiter. Um, And again, God's doing some work in that in my area. But I think in the whole scheme of things, it's recognizing things in ourselves Mm -hmm. that possibly could be causing part of the conflict in your marriage. It's not, David, how David reacted to me was not all his fault. Um, Now, at the time, I didn't necessarily want to admit that or realize it. But I think, you know, over the last day or so, God's been revealing to me some of the, I call them character traits, some of the things that I have inside of me um, that caused uh, some conflict you know and I think in previous podcasts David and I have talked about tone and I don't hear myself coming across with tone just like he doesn't hear himself coming across as tone right but the other person hears it and it's hurtful sometimes or it's disrespectful or you and because of the tone you think that they're in a bad mood or wanting to push anyway there's a lot of different emotions and things that come with that when in reality, um, I didn't th- think I had tone. I wasn't trying to come across as, you know, being, um, uh, abrasive or anything like that. But, you know, I think through this process, um, God has shown me that, you know, you are a spoiled brat and we're going to work on that. <laughs> uh, um, you know, you, you call tone out in David, but you don't hear it in yourself. Um, we're going to work on that. And just different things of realizing that there's some things in me that I need to work through.
0: I think, you know, and and here's what I love about that conversation is it's true. And the thing is, it's no different than the stuff inside of me and the way I do stuff. And the things I do um you know it, it creates issues and it's easiest to blame your spouse sure you know when and, and uh, I'm the struggle is when is it really you let me tell you when it's really you every time every time you own some of it. You may not own 100% of it. You may only own, in this conversation, I own 25% and hers is 75 The next conversation, it's something in my past that is rearing its head and I own 75 and she owns 25%. Again, it's, it's that processing of how much is really mine to own. And, you know, it's tough when you're in the situation. It's tough when it's it's going because, number one, you're right. Number two, you have a plan and it'll work. And and the other one's just an idiot. Why they can't see it, I don't understand. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, that was really my heart this morning was was having the conversation of, okay, how do I help you when you get in that spin mode? Um, because we were talking this morning, it's kind of like a merry-go-round. I mean, as it gains speed, when do you get off? And then if you're on the outside, how do you stop it? You stick your arm out, sometimes your arm comes off. I mean, let's be honest, you got a broken arm now. And it's not the other person's intent to break your arm and to cause the hurt, but sometimes... It's just buried deep in us from when we were Mm -hmm. kids, sometimes we never felt dot, dot, dot. And you're Mm -hmm. applying it to your marriage today, which is unfair to your spouse. And everyone does it. Mm -hmm. There is no one that's exempt. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things of, again, my question is, when your spouse is struggling, do you care? Enough to say after the situation, because if I'd have brought all this up mm. Monday or Tuesday night, it might not as went as well as it did this morning. Right. Um, so timing is everything. But when you can look back and say, okay, you know, here's what I felt. Here's what I heard. And, and, you know, I do it to her. She does it to me. Well, I didn't say that hmm, yeah, your tone pretty much said exactly that. And we both do it. So it's not a, you're wrong for doing it. It's more a question of, okay, now how do I call time out in the middle of this?
1: Well, and I think, you know, sitting here thinking, I don't, something that just occurred to me is, so when I was growing up, I didn't have a voice. And um, it's not that, you know, I was a, the fourth child, and so there was. It's not that I had a bad childhood by any means, but you know, we were kind of of the age group, and I think I've said this before: of kids are to be seen, not heard. So I never really got to have an opinion, and if I did, I kept it to myself because um, I could. There was a risk of either getting in trouble or saying the wrong thing or displeasing somebody. Whatever the case may be, um, I don't know for sure. Um, And so, I feel like sometimes when I am, um, I don't know, I don't want to necessarily say passionate about something, but have an opinion on something, then I want to voice that opinion. And sometimes, it may come with tone unintentionally. It may come with... um, Even aggression or irritability when that's really not my tent, I'm just trying so hard to make my voice heard because I never get to make my voice heard is in my head. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of just been an interesting um, couple of days journey for me because God's revealing some things to me of um, why I kind of react some ways to the to how I react Um, and so it's just, um, and that in this particular case, it's, I've never had a voice. So when I do have a voice and feel like I should have an opinion, but then, um, every time if it gets shut down, then that just makes me take two more steps backwards. And so it's a process of really being, um, aware of kind of what's going on and, and how God's working and teaching me. You know, I wrote my journal the other day about um, being in waiting. You know what? There's lessons that we learn while we're waiting. There's always a God doesn't make us wait to punish us. He makes us late, or he makes us wait because he's trying to teach us a lesson. And I feel like over the last few months. He's really been teaching me some lessons I, I want to take a break from school <laughs> um, but, but you know it's um, they're all good but but that's that's why we sometimes have to wait or that sometimes and here we are you know I threw a fit because we didn't I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted it and how I wanted it um, which is part of the waiting process and so um, I've it's not perfected by any means but he's he's teaching me and showing me things that I need to um, maybe let go of so that later on down the line, I can manage that better.
0: Right. No. And that's the thing is we're both in process. We're, we're both working through because God doesn't, you know, when we started this 10 years ago, if he would have brought every flaw to us to be worked on, we would have killed ourselves. The, the, the volume is just so much. Um, But the freedom on the other side, I was talking to a friend last night and and he's working through a lot of who he is, not who everybody thinks he is, not what's my girlfriend think, what's this, who are you? Mm -hmm. And he's working through that right now. And like I told him, brother, there's freedom on the other side. Once God works through that with you, you know, there's freedom and The thing is, you know, um, we have plenty of opportunities to create a war and get divorced. We, we're like everyone else. Um, but we're making the conscious choice to have the tough conversation at the right time. Now, right time. I'll be honest with you. It's a, it's a fine line. It can go good or bad. Um, but at the same time, you don't know that you crossed the line till you crossed it. So if you're always afraid of the line, you never get near the line, so you never resolve anything. And and that's the thing is that's you know God did not intend us to be at war all the time with our spouses. We're, you know when um, if you're unhappy with your spouse or you're wondering why they're reacting this way or why they're um, leaving or whatever, the, the first thing you need to understand is that you can only own you. Mm-hmm. And basically, what i found to be true pretty consistently across the board, not, all, not 100%, is the reason why I'm getting a bad reaction from my spouse is because they're being a mirror, and they're feeding back what I'm feeding them. And so, you know, it. it's one of those things. Now, is it fun? Absolutely not. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Do you want to say that? Absolutely not. But at the end of the day, it's true. Um, you've got to get yourself in check. And in some cases, it's nothing you can do about it. In other cases, you need to own your part. Like I told Susan this morning, when you get in that mode, I shut down. I know it. I intentionally do it because I don't know where to take the conversation from here. Um, so it's kind of one of those things. What do you do when you and your spouse are crossed up?
1: Well, and part of the thing, you know, shutting down isn't naturally, it's not choice a for me because then that just, for me, I interpret that as you're mad at me. I, you know, um, And that's where I go back to, you know, just hug me and it's going to be... I just need reassurance that it's going to be okay.
0: When your spouse is prickly, hug them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) But no, you bring up a great point. But the thing is, unless you have that conversation, you don't know what your spouse needs.
1: Right. And that's just for us. I mean, that's just what works for for me or for him. And And part of the thing is, you know, David kept asking me, Well, like, how can I make it better for you? Or how can I fix it or whatever? And, you know, a lot of the things that, um, it's not like you can fix it. Like, he can't fix what um, I call a character trait. You know, it's um, something that is inside of me of being a spoiled brat, I guess. Um, And so only God can can fix that or change that. And, you know, I, I think of a friend of mine who, um, drinks a lot, uh, whether he's an alcoholic or not, I don't know. I'm assuming that there's some tendency there. Um, but we were having a conversation and I was sharing with him about, um, God and just how he can go to God. And he's not real familiar with Christianity. And, um, but I did I told him, he said I need to quit drink he kept saying I need to quit drinking I need to quit drinking and the fact of the matter is is he he can't do it on his own. Right. He can't quit drinking on his own. Or I can't quit being a spoiled brat by myself, you know, on my own, or whatever the dot 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 is, you can't do it on in your own strength. And so what he shared with me is nobody has ever said to me I can't do it on my own. Everybody that has ever told me I need to quit drinking has said, you need to quit drinking. You need to figure out how to quit drinking. And that's the thing is you can't do it on your own. David can't fix what is inside of me as far as, um, you know, whether it be um, my tone or how I deal with things or how I come across or how I um, get anxious or fearful or whatever the case may be. Just like, I can't control if he gets angry. I can't fix the fact that, you know, whatever. Um, only God can really do a, a work in us. And, you know, it's, I think of, he's the potter and we're the clay. And as you're, as he's molding us and shaping us into who he wants to be, it's going to be painful. Um, but it's recognizing um what he shows you knowing that it's not somebody else's fault all the time, you know? So in a perfect world when David would do something to hurt me, I would look at myself instead of him. As far as, well, I, um, you know, I'm reacting to his, you know, he's mad or he, is short or he whatever the case may be how I react to that is is on me so do I go down a spiral hole or you know go down a rabbit hole and get upset and go pout and go tell all my friends that he's being a jerk and or do I you know why am I Lord why am I reacting this way He's going through whatever he's going through and acting however he... But why am I reacting to it? It's not a personal thing. It's not on me. You know, kind of working those working those things out. I think so often we blame everybody else because we're selfish and we don't want to be the one that's wrong. Um, when in reality, not saying that, you know, if if they're having a bad day or whatever, we're wrong. But it's we're being selfish in the fact that we don't want to necessarily portray anger or whatever that reaction is. I feel like I'm rambling a lot or
0: not making sense, but no, you are. And that's the thing is, I mean, I think it's one of those deals. You also, when you're in the midst of that, when I'm, when I get angry and, and sometimes it's, it hadn't been, it's only a couple of times it's been white hot in a while, but, um, do I need to own any of that? Is any of it mine owned? Did I help create the fire? You know, I I think that self-analyzation, and sometimes it's going to be, no, I didn't have anything to do Mm -hmm. with it, but sometimes it may be, yes, maybe I'm the one that started the fire when it was just little bitty and just controllable, and then it went out. I mean, that's the thing is to me, at some point in time, you've got to own who you are. Mm-hmm. You've got to own what you do. And the other thing is, and I just thought of this, and we're, we will, I will probably do it, and I hope she does too. Uh, I don't recommend this for your marriage, but there would be a time like the other night I should have looked at her and said, You're being a spoiled brat. Stop. Would have pissed her off. Would have gave me a huge negative response. I get that. But who else reality checks us? Mm-hmm. I mean, who else do we trust enough to reality check? Not the point that that short conversation would have been bad, but maybe that's what we need is some truth. Mm. Not avoiding the truth, but giving truth. And I'm not recommending this for your marriage because I don't know where your marriage is at. But in our marriage, Mm. um, you know, I I think back years ago um, when we first started this journey, um, it was she was mad at me and and she called me some names and i called her some names and you know what it was over in about five minutes our kids were shocked because they've never heard us call each other names but then they watched us heal through it Mm -hmm. and sometimes we avoid the truth Because of fear of dot, dot, dot. Well, last time, I did that 10 years ago, and here's how he reacted. I'll never do that again. You know, and and I think as your relationship grows, sometimes you've got to get to the truth of the situation. Um, I mean, I know Susan well enough that after 30 years, if I would have said, you're being a spool brat, stop there would have been flames there would have been fire and the next morning she probably would have got up and said hey i'm sorry you're right i i it, when it gets out of control it gets out of control the the thing is in that statement you need to understand that i was doing it out of love and i'm not trying to hurt her and i'm on her team and i've got her back but who else is going to call her out and give her truth mhm Out of true love, not a, not a, I'm trying to dig on you and call you every name in the book. Um, you know, so it's kind of one of those deals that you've got to figure out what works for you. But first of all, you got to care enough to even try. Right. That's the problem with most marriages. We give up. Yeah. We walk away and then we wonder why we're getting divorced. Well, guess what? You walked away three years ago. That's why. And, and I, you know, in this situation, I can tell you I've created probably more situations for her than she's created for me. But that truth is a reality check that I may be mad for a while, but I'll know she's right.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you know, I think back when I never used to call you out on anything because I was afraid I'd hurt your feelings or... <laughs> you know, sends you down a rabbit hole or whatever. You know, and the thing of it is, the thing about truth is, and I think there's a way that you can uh, deliver truth without calling names and stuff like that. Granted, in the heat of the moment, some things just come out that you don't intend to, but right. they just happen. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm thinking now, if he would have said, you're being a spoiled brat, stop. I, you know, I'm sure it would have, I would have probably said some ugly things. Um, but, you know, sitting here now that everything's over with, I'm thinking, I probably would have handled that. You know, it's true. It It, it is truth. And truth sometimes hurts. Um, and so I think that... Um, it, but if you don't share the truth, then it's not ever going to change anything. You know, if um, if if David didn't know... S- how he's making me feel by, you know, shutting down or saying words, or if the conversation's never had, then nothing's going to get resolved and nothing's going to change. Um, and so I think not only uh, is speaking the truth important from a standpoint of you're not holding on to it and it's not going to eat you alive, but it's also speaking the truth so that that person can realize, hey, this is making you know my spouse feel this way maybe I can change something about that whereas if he never knows he needs to change or that he's by what he's doing hurts my feelings or whatever he can't fix that and that was part of our marriage problems so many years ago is he never knew how he made me feel he never knew how his tone came across Um, and so we have to do it and there's a way to do it right and there's a way to do it wrong
0: well, and I think that, you know, um, at the end of the day, I, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, either we're standing back to back and fighting the world or we're fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And so often in a marriage, you fight each other and you wonder why it's bad. Um, and you know, I think it's one of those deals to where, um, Looking back, I probably should have said something instead of shutting down. That probably would have. um, Because I know when Susan reality checks me, it makes me think, is that really true? Am I really doing that? And um, I'm going to say nine times out of ten, she's right. Because she can see a perspective of me that I can't see. But I can also see a perspective of her that she can't see. And so it's kind of one of those deals of, but you got to remember, we've been through three years of counseling.
1: Right. <laughs> we've
0: had tons of conversations. We are working in the midst, but that's also why we made it 30 years, mm-hmm. is because we're willing to fight for our marriage. We're willing to try mm-hmm. to own what's ours, and we're willing to let God be God and show us our flaws, not automatically blame everybody else.
1: Well, and just as we're wrapping up, kind of, you know, both sides, there's change that has to happen on both sides. Right. There's not one person that is responsible for your marriage crisis. Um it takes two and that's just a true statement. And if you can't see um you know your if you don't um, if you don't see your side of it or what you might be doing wrong if you think it's all your spouse and he's wrong and or she's the one that's always wrong or he doesn't do this so that does makes me want to do this um, then you really got to evaluate where you're at and and you know we are big advocates for good Christian counseling um, because it does help you deal with some of the internal um, things that you grew up with. Um, and, and that really have nothing to do with your spouse
0: and the thing is at the end of the day we're all flawed and broken absolutely but there is no perfect person out there and but you can only change you yeah you can't change your spouse um we love you guys and and uh, any feedback you got good better and different we've had bad feedback yeah. before um but we would love to hear from you. We'd love for you to share it. We'd love, to, you know, because we're doing this to help couples. Yeah. Um, and because it's just our journey. So hey, have a great week. And uh, we were going. We're going to skip next week. So we will see you the week after.
1: Sounds good.